Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing? Good. Uh, a win, an Oilers win, is always a good thing. And uh, at the start of the year, Tippett talked about how they're going to have to win games in various ways, including having the goaltender steal one now and then. And that's exactly what we saw tonight. The Oilers uh, won the game 3-2. Uh, to two. And they were, but Bruce, they were outchanced. Grade A chances, fourteen to seven, fourteen to seven. So this is definitely a case of Mike Smith coming up big. So we're going to do our uh, because it's a win and it's the first game of the season. We're going to we're going to live large tonight, Bruce. We're going to we're going to do instead of two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. We're going to do four good things, two bad things, and two numbers. Yeah. All right. So. Um, I'll start off with the good thing, Mike Smith, and there's not a whole heck of a lot to say other than he was pretty much outstanding. I think the second goal went in on a tip. I think that's yep. been determined correct. And um, he just made one great oh. save after another. He moved the puck really well, and that makes up for a lot of defensive shortcomings, or some defensive shortcomings of the at least, who are, uh, and we're going to get into this a little later as their defensive puck moving. But Smith moved the puck very well. He he just looked, he looked like the, almost like, he, he wasn't their best player tonight. I would actually give that to, well, maybe he was their best player between him and Leon. But um, he, he just looked like a great goalie. He looked like, he kind of reminded me of like Roly the goalie, you know, putting on a show and uh, having some charisma and net, making yeah. all the saves. Roly the goalie at his best. So um, I just was really impressed with Mike Smith. Yeah, he does have tons of charisma. He's a lot of fun to watch, as, uh, as my early take on uh, Mike Smith. I enjoy the roaming and the puck handling, and I know there's going to be a time or two or, t- or maybe five over the course of the season where it's, it's going to cause us pain. Um, but a lot of good comes out of it. Like, he wins, uh, he wins pucks. He, you know, it's not just a matter of uh, him handling pucks. Like, he comes out and he, he picks pucks off above the goal line and sometimes they're on the cycle and he breaks the cycle uh one play he made a very subtle play that i really liked was a slow shoot in that came through the trapezoid where he couldn't play it uh but what he did was he went right out into the trapezoid and sheltered the puck so that it had an extra split second to roll out of the trapezoid and on the good side there's no rule saying he can't go in the trapezoid just say he's not allowed to touch the puck there and he looked very much like a smart puck-protecting forward on that play. That was really good. Uh, but um, uh, his, uh, he's, he's a very noticeable figure out there, isn't he? He sure is. He made some a couple really snappy passes. Like at once it looked like he was going to dish it off into the corner, and he just fired it across the crease all of a sudden to a defenseman yeah. breaking up the ice. There was... You know, um, there's I know there's has been uh, some analytical work done and there's some schools of thought about goalies moving the puck that they're not really that effective in terms of their pass percentage. But, um, you know, when it works, it works. And it it was working tonight. So I'm going to give him credit. What was your and he also drew a uh, too many men on the ice penalty with a smart pass into the Vancouver bench during a line change. I like that a lot. That's always good. Lots of that. <laughs> okay. What was your... Uh, who's, what was your well, guess? Leon Dreisaitl, my goodness, David. He was dominant. He came out in the first period and he was like all over the ice and, and just powering all over everywhere. He had uh, uh, multiple good chances on net himself. Uh, and then he started to distribute the puck as the game went along. 
and he wound up getting, you know, scored the first goal to break the ice, and then he had the primary assist on the other two goals in a 3-2 win. I mean, what's not to like? Uh, that cross-ice pass that he fed to Cassian on the 2-2 was a thing of beauty. Uh, and, uh, like, he, he made a great Russian pass to Alex Chason, where Chason was so surprised to get the puck on his stick in the slot that he completely whiffed the shot, but it, the setup was, was good. And he just, he played a ton. He played in all situations. He started uh, on the penalty kill. He only played uh, two minutes and 16 seconds, but I think he started all the penalty kills, took the face off, and as soon as they cleared the zone, he did the face-off, get-off thing. And then uh, one of the things Tippett did that I thought was really interesting was because he didn't use Drysaddle and McDavid much on the uh, penalty kill, that he would stack the next shift coming right afterwards. So the Oilers would get kind of a mini power play of their own. Uh, if they successfully killed the one against them, they would come back with their best. That did and, bite them. Uh, well, that was a tough play on McDavid's part. He lost his helmet. But McDavid, okay. McDavid and Dreisaitl were out there. But that's just one of those crazy plays. like yeah. Crazy, crazy plays. You know, Bruce, uh, Leon Dreisaitl's a center. He's got to play center this year. Well, like, seriously. Played left wing tonight and had a goal and two assists. Well, was he was he on left wing? <laughs> yeah, with Nuge, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he took all the draws. Like he took he took twenty four draws. Who was, who was the center? The, the, the rest of the team took twenty five and Leon took twenty four. But uh, uh, he technically sort of lined up. Well, during the action, Nuge was kind of the center. And we're going to have to watch for a while and see who's doing what out there. Yeah. But uh, that line didn't stay together that long did it i mean mcdavid he went to mcdavid and drysidle uh, at times for sure. fairly early like by the third period that's what we were seeing and half i think halfway through the second he switched over so if i'm not mistaken uh anyway i i just he just was a it was one of his best games in the nhl he just dominated the game he was the, the best player on the ice and um and other than well both goalies were, were pretty damn good but uh yeah drysidle was uh special so bruce my second good thing was james neal and mm -hmm. he got we didn't get he got two uh, really strong shots on net uh i rated them as we we rated them as great b chances that they, they could have they were just on the cusp of being great a chances just um good hard shots right on net um moved well made plays you know he's not gonna be he's not an all-star two-way player i'm getting the sense but he's also, not Milan Lucic, and I'll leave it at that. He's a playmaker. It's the impression I get that uh, at some point during the game, uh, he's going to be involved in the play and make something happen. And he did tonight on a couple of occasions. Like, I don't think that was anything close to what he would call a great game. Uh, but he had his moments. And What's we'll your second? What uh, my what's second, second my second good thing is Zach Cassian who had a very fine game. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Zach had a goal and an assist and plus three. <laughs> he had at least on, one really good hit too, didn't he? He had two. One, yeah, one real beauty hit at the end of a cycle where the Vancouver guy finally got a hold of the puck and cleared it and Zach came in and closed closed him down and just crunched the guy. Uh, anyway, he had, he had two hits, which was uh, the most among any Oiler forward in the game, 
and he all he had one shot which he buried that was a great shot like it hit just behind the crossbar roof of the net uh, uh, beautiful setup but boy did he make that shot count he beat Markstrom clean and he just seemed to be engaged and involved and that's when like Cassian is is, is famously erratic as a, as a player uh, I think I once referred to him as the Okotoks. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, uh, What's he, Okotoks? the Okotoks. That's uh, that's the name of the, you know the big rocks down in Okotoks, Alberta, that were left behind by the glacier. The the geological term for them is their erratics. Oh, I see. that's what he is. Anyway, but on this night he was at his at the top <laughs> of his right. game. High-level humor, Bruce. That's good. You already had that's science. Many, that's many science people, geek. That's science they, geek humor. Yeah. Even when you explain it. Um, yeah. Those Okotoks are a great place to visit, by the way. I, but, I, anyway. Cool to see. I, I, Nigard also threw a huge hit. He mm-hmm. really busted someone. And I mm-hmm. thought, actually, he wasn't bad. So my bad thing, Bruce, was he, I, saw a, I saw a lot of puck moving. Um, that reminded me a lot of last couple of years. There was, I don't, there was just, I thought Ethan Bear and Oscar Clefbaum moved the puck really well. Mm-hmm. That Cliff, uh, Chris Russell was okay, but I it's just, um, Benning made a nice play on the goal, but Nurse and Larson and, and Benning, but especially Nurse and Larson, they just, they were firing up the boards and I'm just tired of it. And they've got to do better. They're, they're better, pl- Nurse especially, he's a better player than that. In the first period, there was one moment where he, he gets the puck passed back to him and just, you know, riffs it up the boards and they kept it in like stop doing that mm-hmm. why do you do that mm-hmm. so um that's my bad thing is i i don't i just think i i think they're going to need another they, they need to change their person up more ethan bear looked really good moving the puck um cleft bomb but they need at least one more guy probably to in this lineup if if they are going to be a playoff team and I'm looking forward to Parson getting back and getting in the lineup at the same time as Ethan Bear, because I think then they'll have three guys who can really move the puck. Hmm. What's your bad? Yeah. Well, I saw I saw Dujar Karabad tonight. He had a tough game, especially in his own zone. Man, he was having struggling to move the puck efficiently. Um, he overskated it for real bad turnover one time that caused a penalty. Uh, and just was unable to get the puck over the blue line. Officially, he got one one giveaway, but I counted four turnovers by him in the defensive zone. And he was uh, his line. I mean, that's part of the reason they couldn't get out of their own zone because they couldn't make a couldn't make a damn play. But when he was out there on the ice, the shot attempts were seven for the Oilers, twenty three. For the Canucks, like they they were buried deep in their own territory. Him and Cave and Archibald, that line did not have a strong game. Archibald twice made really really weak and uh, costly turnovers. One of them turned into the second goal, mm-hmm. um, where he turned that puck over and was uh, pushed around in the, the zone and fire, fired in the net. And they and at the end of the first period, the but a I think it was about 50, 40 seconds left. He made a turnover and then left, led to extended offensive zone pressure and a really, really good chance for Vancouver. So he's- Yeah, that that was... I watched the replay of that because I was cursing that play. And then I looked at the replay. And, you know, Quinn Hughes made a fantastic play there at the blue line. Archibald put the puck about three feet in the air uh, off the boards and by him, except for Hughes took it right out of the air. And then the Oilers were sucking wind. I mean, that that's part of that 
minus 23 course he was at one shift it was two minutes and four <laughs> seconds the last two minutes and four seconds of the first period and about the last minute of that the, the uh, Pedersen line got out over the boards against the tired Oilers and it was just a, it was just a, a horror show for the whole last minute yeah. and Smith made one great save off of, off of Pedersen and there was two other really close chances and it just the, the, that horn couldn't come quick enough man that was brutal yeah, uh, their tough plays getting the puck out, but he had possess. He had full possession. He did. He's got full possession. He's got to get it out. I mean, that's the job. And fair enough. Sometimes another player does make a, a, a really strong play. Quinn Hughes, I thought looked. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of player. The, <laughs> this is why the Canucks had so many scoring chances, Bruce. They had mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes. They had Troy Stetcher. They have players moving the puck, making plays with the puck. And the owners, they've just got to get some more. They've got to move away, and they've got to, I don't know, maybe they're going to make a trade, but they've got to trade one of their defensive defensemen for an offensive defenseman or switch switch, switch them out. So that's my early prognosis based on watching this crap show for two years of the same True. thing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were good in 2016-17. All right, okay, maybe the hot, last two. Maybe hot hot ten before that. <laughs> Uh, well, that group six defenseman got it done. I mean, Sekera, they have never replaced Andre Sekera, essentially, since he got hurt. And uh, right. they, we're still feeling the effects of that, although maybe it's going to change. Ethan Barry did look good. All right, what is your number? Uh, well, I'm going to pick two numbers because they're both from the same category. This is ice time. And they are for order centers. Uh, you, uh, you called him a center, so I'll agree now. Leon Dreisaitl, 26 minutes, 46 seconds, which is a ton of ice for a forward like that's a huge amount and it was in fact uh the most for any player on either team uh including defenseman darnell nurse was a few seconds behind at 26 27 uh, and at the other end of the spectrum gaitan ha or no uh, yes gaitan haas who had his family fly in from switzerland to watch him play played two minutes and 11 seconds and, you know, it's funny, like, I don't understand it, because I saw Haas good in this game. Like, how can you even see him at all in 2 minutes and 11 seconds? But three different times, three different times, I saw him break up a play before it got into the Oilers zone and him turning north with the puck through the neutral zone and taking it the other way. And I thought, he's doing the job. He stopped, you know, he, he like, st- stiffed Vancouver on the zone entry on a couple of those plays. And Anyway, whatever Tippett saw, he's going to have to look at the film because he's going to see good things when he does. He looked better than Colby Cave at center. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know how much time Cave got. What did he get? Oh, he got way more than that. Uh, He got, uh, well, he got uh, 13 minutes. Yeah, so. So anyway. They're they're figuring it out. So we. Yeah. So those are the extremes of the. Because they had the fourth line center, they barely used it all. They were doubling up on, especially Leon. It seems like I mean, twenty almost twenty seven minutes is a massive game for a forward. My number like five minutes more than McDavid. Uh, my uh, numbers are six and four. They are the number of major mistakes on Grade A scoring chances against by the Oilers shutdown pairing of so-called shutdown pairing of Darnell Nurse and Adam Larson. Now, three of them came on one sequence where, man, they were lucky not to get scored on. Um, Nurse went the wrong way um, to cut off the guy behind the net. He got fooled, and then the, that guy came the other way and whipped out the, the pass that uh, 
Larson uh, failed to, um, to cover and right it to the guy in the slot. And Cassian kind of was looking the wrong way, covered the wrong guy coming through the slot. That was Tanner Pearson, right? And he went like wham, 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 three shots from about yeah, two I'm, feet out. I never pay attention to who, uh, the guys on the other team. It was one of those guys, Bruce. And so I, 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 I'm not a fan of this shutdown pairing. I just think it, uh, I, like, I would prefer to see Chris Russell on the roll. Um, I just think he's more suited to it and moved Darnell Nurse to... I, I, what I want to see as soon as possible is Joel Pearson and, uh, and uh, Oscar Clefbaum and Ethan Barron, Darnell Nurse. Mm. So two, two passing, attacking pairs of defensemen and one shutdown pair and see how that goes. Because, listen, you allow 14 grade-A scoring chances in a game, you're going to lose. You're going to lose 50 games in a season if that's, what, if that's what's going to happen. So they've got to do better than that, and um, that's my that's my prescription for how it might happen. Okay, here's a bonus number for you: Tanner Pearson, eleven shots. <laughs> he was all over the ice. Eleven wow. shots. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's good. That's a lot of shots. And he, he did he he didn't score, did he? Yeah, he was the guy oh, who he, got the tip. He got the tip on oh, he uh, got two that one tip, goal. Did he? Yeah, I was trying to ask her. Where Bear, where Bear got a stick too high, and get, instead of getting under his stick to lift it, he got a stick up on his body, and Pearson's stick was free on the ice to tip the shot. Still great to get a win, eh? A win, and I, oh, like, I have been critical here, and but a win, it really is great to win. Uh, win in regulation, send Vancouver home with zero points. This is a good. This is a good outcome, David. Great outcome. <laughs> And I just had the feeling that if Koskinen was in net, Bruce, that it might not have been the same outcome in that game. So that's that's a distinct possibility. But uh, we'll we'll see Koskinen soon enough, and he can prove me wrong. Play next game is my bet. You think so? Yeah, I think they're going to split the first two starts, and I I I thought originally Koskinen would be the favorite to get the first one, but I could be wrong. For sure, he you know. Uh, next week they go on the road and they got a weird schedule. You know, they got two days off, they play a game, they got two days off, they play a game. And then from the 8th to the 24th, they play every other day, every even numbered day between the 8th and the 24th, eight in a row with one day rest. Okay. It's actually good. Like you couldn't really ask for much better than that. Other than it kind of doesn't leave much practice time, but it means the team is always sort of fairly well rested. I'll bet you a cup of coffee that Mike Smith's in that the next game, Bruce. Okay. Alrighty. It's on. Yeah, yeah. You'll be drinking at my expense very possibly because <laughs> uh, I'm sure Tippett liked what he saw tonight. And the thing about switching goalies is that the, the puck handling thing is a big deal. And it's a big deal to the team. So we'll see how that goes. Like the 50-50 split that everybody's kind of been envisioning. Uh, the team has to play two different ways depending on which one of those big big guys is in net. Yeah, it's quite a radical difference, but um, we'll see how Not that quite goes. Dave, Dave Dryden and Don Smokey McLeod. That was the uh, net-minding pair the first year I had season tickets with the WHA Oilers. And that was as extreme as you can get. Dave, Dave Dryden was not a puck handler at all, and Smokey McLeod was crazy. <laughs> he would go anywhere, do anything. Smokey McLeod had the ultimate 70s nickname. <laughs> and the ultimate seventies hair, and I think he actually kind of had the ultimate seventies goaltending style too. So yeah, he, was, he was the ultimate seventies goalie, at least in the WHA. 
He looked like a Harley Davidson kind of guy, you know. And <laughs> yeah. He had eight, he had eight assists that year. He played with the Oilers, and he was the backup, right? And he only played one thirty games. He had eight assists, and that was his game. He was just crazy on the puck. So at least Mike Smith tonight proved that he's okay on the puck, uh, at least most of the time, effective. Let's call it that. And he can stop pucks because he stopped quite a few tonight. I, I, he's his his kind of lunging style leaves me a little bit nervous, but uh, we'll see. So far, Smokey so McLeod. Good. Yeah, somewhere on a desert highway, Bruce. He's riding a Harley Davidson. I am afraid. Long hair I'm afraid Smokey, Smokey has passed on to his final reward a few years oh, ago. Oh, did he? I'm yeah, sorry. he's he's gone. Oh, there you go. He's gone. All right, Bruce. Thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Nice window open the season. I'm off. Uh, I won't be podcasting here the next couple games because I'm off to the West Coast to uh, do our 41st annual National Eternal Hockey Draft. And uh, last year I went to the East Coast, and this year I went to the West. We're going to the West Coast, so national is the word. We have members from literally St. John's to Victoria. So Good stuff. I'm off visiting friends for a bit, and uh, just the timing of draft, it has to be at the beginning of the season, so... But we'll be back in the saddle here in a week. All righty. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. And Godspeed to Don McLeod.